0: Coming to you from Westchester, PA, this is the Westchester Church Podcast. Do I have your attention? Interest? Are you interested? I know you are. Have you made your decision for Christ? Oh, have I got your attention now? And they say men can't multitask. Come on. Look at all these plates I'm spinning up here, quite frankly I don't know how I'm doing it because after all I'm a man, oh man, well there's an app that I have found that I'm really enjoying on my phone where it will pick up any, almost any radio station in the world and I don't know why, but there is a radio station in Australia that I love listening to every morning. I don't know why, but I'm weird, so I just like listening to Australian radio in the car, you know. But late last night on, Aus- on an Australian radio station, there was a man who was speaking, and this was heard late last night. Today. He has 36 small tumors in his brain and is being diagnosed with terminal cancer and been given only about 12 months and so we could hear a man speaking on the radio now. He's on the line right now. And now I I'm, I'm have that off now. And you know the radio is a wonderful thing. It's a very precious commodity, especially in years past, where it puts us into contact with, with all kinds of people across the world. In years past, it would give us weather reports, it would give us breaking news, it would give us entertainment and music, emergency warnings, police radio of all kinds. And so, I mean, we were just listening to the radio, we could hear a man a far away, away from where we are speaking across the airwaves, and yet now his voice is no longer heard. His voice now is silent, and we can't hear him anymore. But is that because he or anybody else in that station has now stopped speaking? Does that mean that they have shut off the lights and flipped the switch and closed the door and knocked down the radio station just because we can't audibly hear them speaking anymore? No, obviously, if we were to actually listen live to this station, 2UE-954, there would be somebody speaking at this very second in time. Just because this radio station now is silent to just our ears does not mean that nobody is speaking across those airwaves right now. And of course, what I am really looking at this morning And what this really makes me really see and to be aware of is just how enormously important it is for us to listen to the words of God. And when I say listen, I don't mean that we audibly hear words coming out of the scriptures, but that we intently, deliberately, carefully savor each and every single one of those words as we hear them read to us. As the psalmist writes in Psalm 29, he says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. And he says that the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And we know this about God's word. And yet I think that our struggle as human beings so often is that more than sometimes we give God the radio treatment, it seems like where sometimes we are tuning in to God only when we want to, when we feel like it. That we only really listen intently to God on the first day of the week when we feel as if we are obligated to listen to Him, perhaps. And then, oftentimes, we just tune God out and we flip the switch. And we can't hear Him anymore as He speaks to us in His Word. And if we tune God out, does that mean that God is no longer speaking to us in the scriptures? Has God flipped the switch and shut off the lights and, and closed his radio station to where he can no longer speak to us across the airwaves just because we are no longer listening to him, perhaps? But really what I think it is is that a lot of times we as people Whether it is in a church service, if we're listening to the word in some way in our homes, or if we hear another person speaking about him during the week, it's like we are here physically. We can hear words audibly coming from a person's mouth, but we're not really listening to those words. We're not really giving it our undivided attention. I mean, how many times have we been to a a worship service where we were here, but we weren't here, as in really, really engaged in what was going on? And I think what happens a lot of times is that we tune God out until we have no other choice but to give Him our undivided attention. Sometimes there are, you know, there might be a development at work that will get our undivided attention, perhaps. Yeah, if that was me, and I worked there, and my livelihood was on the line, yes, sir, you've got my undivided attention. Go on, go on, go on. I'm all ears now, right? I mean, how many times have we been in a work situation where something happened, and it's like, wow, okay, God, you've got my undivided attention now. We see it all the times on the news, perhaps, where a president has to resign, as we saw with, with um, um, Nixon, where catastrophic events happen on the news right before our eyes on 9-11, perhaps. It's something that we experienced just this past week as we had all this stuff going on with, with America and, and, and in Iran, and just going back and forth, it looked like, and Our president goes on and it's like, okay, Trump, you've got our undivided attention now. We're listening to every word that's going to be coming out of your mouth because, okay, God, you've got our attention now. I think a lot of times what it is is when we have a death approaching in the family or when death itself comes to we ourselves very soon, perhaps, and I've known many people in my my short life as a minister where it's in those moments where okay God I'm all ears now I'm really going to listen to what you have to say. And yet in our defense though I think we as people a lot of times what it is is that we have every intention of listening to what God is saying to us. We want to listen to what God has to say but we're just so enslaved to all of these distractions in our world. Where it's like it's Wednesday morning, and, or Wednesday afternoon, whatever it is, and, and we see our Bible sitting there, and it's like, I want to read that Bible, but, but I just have so many bills piling up. I've got debt up to here. All this stuff is going on in the news, at work, in the family, whatever it is, and we just feel so exhausted by this world sometimes. And that's a very human, understandable thing to undergo. I think we are inclined to listen to God in the special times of life. Christmas, Easter, weddings and funerals perhaps. Or right now, as we have very well come together, and we do well in listening to the Word of God, whether it's coming from, from here at this podium or, or here at this table right here as we did just a moment ago. It's good that we do this on Sunday morning. And, and yet the most important question of all that, that we all have to answer honestly to our own selves right now is this. We're, we're listening to God right now on Sunday morning. And yet do we tune God out the rest of our lives throughout the rest of the busy week? Is this the only place where we are are all tuned in to God in the midst of our week? I mean, I just imagine all the many people who will stand before God at the judgment. People who had heard hundreds, maybe even thousands of sermons and messages from God's word. People who could quote huge chunks of scripture verbatim, but who never really listened to what those verses were actually saying. And what they were calling us to in our everyday lives. I mean, we can turn our radios on whenever we want to, or we can shut them off. And in so many ways, in the same manner, I mean, we can tune God out. We can close ourselves to what His Word is saying to us, and we can keep that Word closed away from our hearts throughout the week. You can tune me out right now as I stand here as one speaking the very utterances of God. And yet, that does not mean that God has been silenced or that we have hit the mute button on God. It does not make my ignorance or, or anybody else's ignorance bliss. I mean, all that it means is that we have stopped listening to what God is saying to us. And in our Bibles this morning, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this is one of the most beautiful images that we have in the Old Testament Scriptures. I can't wait to get to this imagery in the text. Now, of course, what we know about this, this young man, Samuel, at this point, Samuel very soon is going to, to grow up to be one of the great spokesmen of God as his prophets. But before Samuel could become Samuel, the great man of God, first, just like we do, he has to learn how to listen to the voice of God, listen to the words that have come from Jehovah. And in our text here in 1 Samuel 3, obviously Samuel is still a young boy in this point in time. And yet let's see what it has to say to us. 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting in verse 4, it says, And then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said that I did not call, lie down again. And so he went and he lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But but he said once again, No, I, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Notice how it says in verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So he doesn't know it's God speaking to him. Well, in verse 8 it says, The Lord called Samuel again on the third time, and he arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. It's like, what do you want, Eli? (laughs) Then Eli perceived that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you again, here's what you shall say. And then he says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, and he lay down in his place, and sure enough, in verse 10, Lord comes, and he stood, calling, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant's, is listening. I mean, how beautiful of an attitude is that? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening now. I mean, this should be my attitude and your attitude and everybody's attitude every single time that we open up the Word of God. Anytime that we hear anybody stand before us and open up God's scriptures, every time Walter stands up here and he opens up God's word at the communion table, speak, Lord. Your servant now is listening. That's just such a beautiful spirit to have and a relationship to have with the scriptures. It reminds me a lot of of, Kelsey Grammer on the show Frasier where any time that he would be on his radio show there, he had a catchphrase every time he would answer a call and he would say, George or Jerry or or, um, Ruth, I'm listening. I think one of the greatest examples that we have ever seen in this church, at least that, that I am aware of, of how to listen is our sister Lois Williams. Or I remember Mike saying that one of the, the fondest memories that that he has about his mother, what he loved most about her, is that any time anybody had anything at all to ever say to Lois, she would stop everything that she was doing, look deep into that person's eyes, and give them her undivided attention. If anybody else came along and tried to speak to her, she would say, I'll get to you in a few minutes, but... And then she would go back to this other person and just give them all the time in the world. And I mean, that's that's how I want to listen to, to God with, with all of these, all kinds of distractions in our world. You know, That can wait for just a few moments. God, speak because your servant is listening. I'm listening, God. And so just very briefly this morning, that's what I want for us all to look at about how we can not just hear the words of God, but especially listen to the words of God and to savor every single word that proceeds from the mouth of God. First of all, what we need to to see is that when we open up God's word, we need to listen expectantly. I mean, when we open up our Bibles, what is our expectation? You know, when we open up God's Word, if, if we expect to be bored, we're going to be bored. If we look at the, the Scriptures as being nothing but, but this very old, dusty book that was written by all these old people who had lived thousands of years ago who are dead now, we're going to be bored to tears. We will be. Yet, when we open up the Scriptures with an expectancy that that I'm about to be blessed right now, that I'm about to be spiritually nourished and fed, when we get excited about the Scriptures, when we have a deep-seated gratitude in our very bones, that I get to actually hear and to consume the words of life. If you want to be blessed, if, if that is what your expectation is, you will be blessed. If you want to be edified, you will be edified. If you want to be comforted, you will be comforted to the point where your cup, as, as King David said, now is overflowing. You see, this is what the attitude of Samuel the prophet was. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That is a spirit of expectation that, that whatever is going to, to, to come out of his mouth is going to be life-giving. It's going to be peace. Lord, speak, and let us listen with, 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 with a heart of, of expectancy. It's something that we saw a year ago on the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus says that, that your Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to His children. I mean, He's not going to be the kind of Father where if we ask Him for, for a loaf of bread, He's going to give us a scorpion or a snake. If our expectation is peace, God, give me peace. God, give me wisdom. Give me direction. Whatever it is, God is going to give that to us if we truly listen to what he's saying to us. And so, first of all, listen expectantly. Yet also what we need to do is to listen quietly. And this is a very key component right here as we listen to the word of God. As the psalmist writes in Psalm 46, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And that also speaks to a spirit of expectancy that that he's God and he's about to speak to me now. And yet the only problem with be still and know that I'm God is that that is one of the hardest things for a 21st century American to ever do. Just to be still and to be silent for a time. I mean, this is how we listen in the year 2020, where one person is speaking to another person, yet the other person is, is watching a television screen, or they're doing work perhaps. They have an iPad out, and they're watching something on there, and they're watching Netflix, and like half an hour later, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, were you speaking to me? Were you trying to say something to me? And then the other person's like, I can't even remember what it was now because, I mean, that's how we listen now, right? I mean, our lives have just gotten so so hectic in this country, so rushed, so hurried, so, so loud and so noisy. I mean, our American way of life is go, 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 hurry, 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 rush, rush, rush. Don't get it done right now. Get it done yesterday. Get it done three years ago. In fact, once I was listening to a radio station in Australia, and they were speaking about how here in Australia, as well as in the UK, we we have three months of vacation every single year to do nothing but, but rest. What is wrong with you Americans where you just have no off button? You get one or two weeks off a year to, to rest? You guys are going to have strokes and heart attacks. And that's usually what what you know is going on a lot of times. That's our American way of life, but but now here is God saying, whoa, slow down. Yes, work hard, but rest just as hard as you work. Be silent just as hard and, and as ardently as you work. God is saying, be still, be silent, and know that I am God. And yet, you know, the only way that that's ever going to happen is we're somehow going to have to, to learn to, to, on a temporary basis, shut off all of these various ways of distraction that we have. Sometimes what this means in my life is I've got to get away from my iPhone. I've got to just completely shut it off for half an hour at a time, maybe. We've got to find a way to get away from... Who's getting voted off the island next on Survivor? Who's going to finish sixth place on America's next top model? Or all, or all of these other ground-shaking concerns that we have in our lives. Be still, God says. Know that, that I am God as I speak to you. And as you listen to what I'm saying. Because what I have discovered in my life is that God speaks the very loudest to us. God speaks the most effectively to us when when everything around us is completely silent and still. And it's just us, and it's just God. And you know, it's something else that we had heard in the Sermon on the Mount, isn't it? Where whenever you pray, Jesus says, go into your inner closet, close the door behind you. And I know that that is speaking about prayer and not... Um, about reading the scriptures, but, but I checked with Jesus last night and, and he said it's okay to also apply that to when we read his word. Go into your inner closet, close the door for just three minutes or five minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it is, and be still and know that he's God. and Get away from all that noise. And I think you will be amazed at how much his words make this world go away. And, in those few minutes that we take to be still. And so listen quietly. Yeah, we also need to listen with an open mind, and this also is very crucial to us. You know, any wife who has ever had a husband knows all about this, where there is a disease inflicting many husbands called selective... Um, and Amanda was was explaining it to me just the other day, but I, I wasn't li- listening... Listening, selective listening, to where a wife says something 9,055 times and her husband somehow never hears it. It evades his ears somehow. And the wife says, Did you not hear what I just said? And the husband's like, What did you just say to me? I heard your voice, but I didn't hear the actual words. I mean, I think a lot of times we are selective listeners when it comes to the scriptures and to God sometimes. Because let's be honest, I mean, Scripture isn't always exactly what we want to hear, is it? I mean, sometimes we will have to be willing to listen to God, admonish us before he can assure us. Sometimes God is going to correct us before he can comfort us. I mean, sometimes God is going to use words that we do not like. Words like no. Words like change. Sometimes scripture has these nasty four-letter words sometimes too. Four-letter words like wait. Four-letter words that we find all over the place that just go against our American way of life. Words like stop. <laughs> and, yet, and yet what we find in the book of Hebrews is, as the Hebrew writer says, Hebrews 4 and verse 12 he says that the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword and that it can actually pierce our very hearts. And I don't know if anybody here has ever had a surgery or any kind of an operation where your your very life was was um, in jeopardy. And I mean you didn't you did not want to go under that the knife and that long road to recovery, but when your doctor said you're either having this operation or you're going to be a headstone next week. It's like, Doc, you've got my attention. And you were willing to go under that, that knife. And, and a lot of times when we open up scriptures, maybe this, this also might be why we don't read it as much as we should, is because we spiritually go under God's knife sometimes when we read the scriptures. And we read, oh, but God, I don't want to love People like that. God, I don't want to to, um, live in this way. God, I don't want to have to give this up. But God is saying, if you want to spiritually flourish, here is what it takes. And so it's very crucial that we open up God's word, not with our minds already made up. A lot of times we, we, we have um, pet doctrines that we just, just, just love to, to enforce that, that aren't exactly in the scriptures. And yet, when we learn to just lay aside all of those pet doctrines and we allow God's word to revolve around everything in our lives, we read it with an open mind. And so read with an open mind. And yet we also need to, to listen to God gratefully. And this, this also is very important is that whenever we hear the words of God coming to us, that that we have, where it's like we are filled with this great sense of awe inside of us. I think one of the greatest American myths is that we don't have the attention span needed to listen to too much scripture. Where we can listen to it for 20 or 30 minutes at a time, every week. But no more than that. And yet, you know what? If, if there's something in our lives that has most captured our hearts, if that is what we have the most passion and, and excitement for, we can listen to whatever that is for three or four hours at a time if we wanted to. If that is truly what has captured our hearts, and this is what we will be like if we listen to the words of life and we have gratitude in our hearts. All these people who we read about in the scriptures, whose examples we can also emulate. Or also, as it says in the book of 1 Corinthians, all of these stories have been listed for our benefit in part so that we will not make the exact same mistakes that they had made. And that is something that that always gives us gratitude when we really think about it. Reading about God's people, all the times that, that he had rescued them and had delivered them, and now it's like, We serve the exact same God, and he will also spare us and deliver us in the same way. That gives us a lot of gratitude and helps us all to see that, no, this is not just just some old ancient book that is stuffy. This is not just black and red words on a page, but, but this is the very breath of God. This is treasure, as as Jesus refers to it as elsewhere in the book of Matthew. Listen gratefully. And then lastly, what we see is that when we open up God's scriptures, we need to also listen reverently. And I really think that this is the most important component of them all, that we, we listen to the words of life with reverence. That we never forget who God is. And that consequently, we never forget who we are, what he has made us to be in him. And what I am most grateful for that my mom and dad, in the way that they had raised my brother and I, my father never taught me how to hit a fastball. He never taught me how to um, hunt and to shoot a deer or how to hit a three-pointer. And What he did teach me was, whenever you are in a church service, and somebody walks up to the microphone and and opens up God's word, sit up straight in your place. These are not just any ordinary words that you're hearing, but now you are walking on holy ground. Savor every single syllable that you hear, because it is life-giving, and it is sacred. Take your shoes off metaphorically because you're walking on holy ground now. It doesn't matter if it is a preacher who's been doing this for 60 years who's speaking, or if it's a nine-year-old boy who is nervously reading it and stumbling over the text, sit up in your place. Those are the words of life. Listen reverently. Never lose sight of the fact that, that the one speaking to us right now in this text is the eternal one. Is the one who had spoke this universe into existence and, and who died for us and who arose from the dead. And it reminds me a lot of what we find in, in Luke's gospel. There um, in Luke chapter 10. I'll just um, explain what i um, was going on briefly here, but we find Jesus in a house, and he, goes into, and he goes into Martha's house, which was extremely important that she is inviting Jesus into her home, and that's good. And yet, here's what we find, though, in verse 39 of Luke 10. This is so much more important right here. Where it says, and she had a sister called Mary, and, and hear this very carefully. And she was sitting at the Lord's feet and she was listening to his teaching. Now this is a time in that, in that ancient society where if you were a woman, your one and only job was to cook and to serve and to wash dishes. That's it. If you were a man, your one and only place in this setting here was to sit down and to listen and to be educated. But Mary is so mesmerized by the words of Jesus Christ that she is breaking rank. And she is sitting down right there with the boys and she's being educated along with them. Well, Martha comes out of the kitchen and she actually reprimands Jesus of all people. And she's like, Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all of the serving all by myself? Tell her to to hop up and, and... um, and join me here inside this kitchen, Jesus. And what he says to her, he could just as easily say to, to me. Or he says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and distracted by so many things. He could look at me more times than not and say, David, David, you are so anxious and distracted by so many things that, by the way, don't really matter. Mary is doing what truly matters when this world is going to be on fire. She is sitting at my feet, mesmerized, listening intently. She's giving Jesus the Lois Williams treatment where she's just looking at him and the world just goes away at that point in time. And so what I want to call us to is just simply this, don't be a Martha, be a Mary. Don't be a Martha, be a Mary. And so maybe what that looks like in your case this morning is, maybe what this means is coming to our Sunday morning classes here. The past few weeks, it's just been Claude and I looking at each other. It's like, man, where are all the other men? Or if you're unable to attend that class, I completely understand. I'm not going to judge anybody for that. We've got an afternoon class where we have a handful of people, but but on a weekly basis afterwards, we're just looking at each other like, that was church, what we did in the auditorium. Don't get me wrong. But what we just experienced at this table, that was so much more. You know, It just felt like church so much more than what we did in that auditorium. And I know that a lot of people need to get home to their spouses, and I completely understand that. Maybe how this looks like in your case is to change your your um, morning commute to work. There are all kinds of apps where you, you actually have audio Bibles on them. It's so incredible. I mean, imagine what your workday might look like if you listen to to the entire letter of Philippians on your drive to work. If you took a few moments and you listened to Colossians on your lunch break, you can get all the way through it on your lunch break. I imagine you would go back into work feeling like you just got back from from heaven. Yet whatever it is, don't be a Martha, but rather be a Mary. The voice of God in Psalm 81. Hear, O my people. And I will admonish you. O Israel, if you would listen to me, there shall be no foreign God among you, neither shall you worship any foreign God among you. I am the Lord your, your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open up your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to my voice. And so I gave them over to their own stubborn hearts to walk in their own councils. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I soon would have subdued her enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. God speaks. Are we listening? Are we listening as God speaks to us? If we fail to listen to God, greater the consequences. Tragic is the aftermath of what could have been in our lives, of the peace that we could have had in our hearts that we did not because we tuned God out. God is speaking to us every single hour of the day. Let us have ears with which not just to merely hear, but to listen and to savor every drop of the word.